When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everyone. I just wanted to give a quick notice that this episode of Private Parts was recorded before coronavirus was um, announced a pandemic, just to make that very clear. Enjoy the episode. Hello everyone, welcome to Private Parts Podcast. This is where we read the most intimate sort of details of our lives. In the studio, we have Becky Hill. Hi. Hey. Thank you for having me. Hey Becky. Thank you, you for ha- having us. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Hey Becky, you've been doing loads of promo, haven't you? I've only done a little bit. Um, I haven't gone to the, like, the horrors of promo yet. Um. What, are the, what are the horrors of promo? I did one promo where it was like I was sat in a room and for the entire day people were just coming in and out asking me questions. But that's not that. Wow. Is that really bad? Because they just ask the same questions over and over again. Yeah, it's just going to a radio station and kind of going, hi, here's my new single. Please play it. That's that's <laughs> that, fine for me. And that's kind of fun because you get to play around. and Yeah, and well, usually... You get to go and play around. What do you mean? You say, say different stuff. Yeah, yeah. I got yeah. different stories, different anecdotes. Yeah. Because otherwise you have to be in such a controlled environment because you don't know what they're going to, like, if you say something bad, then you have no control over the edit and things like that and it just goes out Especially there. if it's live. Yeah, live, I struggle. Oh, yeah. Why? I would say you're good at being you're a steel performer, right? So surely you must love live. Uh, I, I like singing live because I know I can impress an audience with my voice. Talking, on the other hand. Unfiltered. Yeah, it's I, it's it's a minefield. Yeah. yeah but I didn't have it. I, I no, would but you just have nothing to lose. Yeah, that that is totally true. I don't have anything to lose. I'm rock bottom already, so so I can't really go any lower. So you can be completely relaxed. Oh, I'm totally right. I can say, yeah, say whatever I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it couldn't get any worse, really. (laughs) It just can't get any worse than this, so it's fine. But I thought, so so you're saying that you, you doing, so what do you find more nerve wracking then? Performing on stage in front of like thousands of people or doing like an interview? Interviews for sure. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But why? What are you scared of? What's scared of going to happen? Ruining my entire career by, I don't know making an inappropriate joke or saying something I shouldn't or yeah, but surely that's your personality that's like a good thing right? yeah and I'm a dick yeah, bro <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dick and I don't trust myself to not say dickish things in interviews I'm a nice person I'm just very very real yeah but I think that's a and good that's, thing yeah it's great if I if I had that's what this is about is actually it's about real private parts well that's great we're yeah. gonna get on just fine yeah, but I don't great. think I don't think you. I think that's like the best. I think. Oh, sorry. I think that the best thing about <laughs> in life, right, is that we live in this world, right, where everything is covered in filters all the time, like Instagram, all these different things, and people are so conscious of what they're saying. You know, if you go and like look at like interviews on TV or like the John and Rosha or things like that, mm. what is so kind of frustrating is that you know that w- they've been asked these questions before they know what they're going to say it's not really spontaneous but i think spontaneity what you have that's like organic and great and authentic and that's what people really like yeah well we'll soon find out yes, <laughs> hey that's what we're here for yeah i don't think people think you're dead. i think it's just real i wish people would think like, that i was real people yeah no yeah <laughs> people don't think that at all about me no. they don't do that what do they think about you well, i don't know i don't know <laughs> what do you think they think you they think you've got fake tits <laughs> 
<laughs> they don't. Yeah, they do. What do you think people think about me behind my back? We had this conversation before. Okay, Becky, okay, fine. This is a question for you. Would you rather someone said something to your face or behind your back? Face. Would you? See, okay. I would like them to say it behind my back so I don't know about it. <laughs> what if, what if it didn't, wouldn't help or affect you or you know, negatively affect you to know it at all? Like it's, it's, it's kind of like whatever people think about you, it's... They're, they're kind of irrelevant, right? Like, why do you want they them to They should be, it? for sure. I mean, I don't know whether I'd like to have a conversation with somebody about what, where, why they think this and how I can improve. Yeah, well, because it's not important. It's it could you. be. It could be important. If somebody was like, you smell, I'd mm. want to know that I smelt. Yeah, but that's, I guess, that that is different to like irrelevant you know slight are you wait, hang on a second. Like the you sort of things that people say behind jamie's back i don't think he would want to know i do want to know them no. no one says anything it's not going to help you're not going to it's listen, not going to make you sleep listen, better at night no one has said anything behind my back they all and, all and if they do say it behind my back it's normally becky i'm just going to let you know the secret it's normally like that guy jamie's just a really good guy that's really? what they yeah they say that a lot of the time that's tiny cock on him but really yeah. nice guy yeah they say that <laughs> but that but I say that as well I just go hey listen I got a tiny cock but I'm a <laughs> really great guy that's true <laughs> a great a great guy yeah we're really well one guy. out of two and bad is it so, to, to, this is this is and this is probably oversharing with you, but I'm going to be totally honest because Becky, I feel like I'm be I don't want to know about your penis. Well, I, that was a joke. You. I'm about to tell uh, you. I was a joke. I'm okay, about cool. to tell you. I found out something about penises. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> I see them a lot. Uh, it's true that when when you're, I think your penises have um, like seasons. Right. Yeah, I feel like they have seasons. So I feel like they sometimes hibernate, and then they sometimes are like. Uh, you know, it, like summer, they become like excited. Do you not think this? Or no, no. You don't have that? No, 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 I don't think so. You don't ever have that? I feel like they do have seasons. This is what I've worked out. Well, this is what my girlfriend said to me, so I don't really... Maybe that's your herpes flare-up. <laughs> <laughs> Just to demonstrate, Becky, I don't have... Oh, you do. I, I wouldn't judge you if you did. I don't. I don't have herpes. Don't but you? actually, you've said that you do on the podcast before. No, I would. Firstly, firstly, with herpes, <laughs> right? If I'm, t- if I'm, t- <laughs> if I'm totally honest with herpes, right? Lots of people have herpes, but herpes is like this type one and type two. Because herpes type one is when you have ulcers, or like a like a skin ulcer. That's a, that's a type of herpes. Really? Yeah. Welcome to the so private podcast. Yeah, welcome podcast. to the private parts podcast. Becky, listen, you know, th- how you uh, you were, did loads of singing when you were younger and grew up, but your biggest uh, sort of shoot to fame was when you <laughs> did The Voice. Yes. What was that like as an experience? Because I remember when The Voice was officially launched and it was about, it wasn't about the individual per se at the very beginning. It's just about the actual voice, the talent what actually the connection it has with the judges. That's, yeah, that's why I went on the show initially. That's what drew me to the to the whole process. Because you had done stuff with the BBC before, right? No, not to my... N- I thought I, you did like a performance with them or something like that. No, that I was kind of... I was in a band when I was about 16, the weirdest looking band you've ever seen. What were they that's called? the name of it. <laughs> Shaking Trees was the name. Oh. And there was like a 48-year-old balding drummer. There was a 32-year-old scientist on piano and a 26-year-old Russian chef on bass, and then there was they a 16-year-old... They sound wildly unqualified. <laughs> yeah, and then there was this 16-year-old girl who would write and sing the songs, which was me. Wait, hang on, how did, how did that connect? How do you bring that band together? It was through... So I played my best mate at school, my songs. I'd written about three by the time I was about 15. And then she, I went round to her house, and she called her mom and her mom's boyfriend in to listen to me. Her mother's boyfriend had managerial experience, um, so kind of wanted to. He he started recording my songs with me, and 
this, that, and the other. And then his um, nephew was the 32-year-old scientist on piano. Mm-hmm. The drummer was a friend of his. And Boris, the Russian chef, worked at the Wood Colliers, which was the... Boris, BM- the Russian chef. Yeah, which was... Well, he's Latvian, and that was always very important to him that I specified. Um, <laughs> but he used to Those go... Those are two different countries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this guy's Russian. I'm not. I'm Latvian. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was... I, th- I think he didn't... He wasn't a part of the Soviet Union anymore, and okay. I think that was quite important to him. Okay. I don't yeah, yeah, hey, uh, hey, that's yeah. straight over my head yeah. too. And so you met, these pe- you met these people and you're like, right, and we're going to make this band. It wasn't necessarily my decision, but it wasn't something that I wasn't, uh, it was consensual. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it just kind of happened that way. And then I think BBC Introducing picked us up and gave us some really shit gigs around the Worcestershire area where uh-huh. I'm from. Um, and then nothing... Herschel. Uh, it was Worcester. It was at the Cricketers Club, and I remember there was um, someone who looked a bit like a nana. It was Nana who was really pissed at the front, yeah. and like there's no stage, so uh-huh. we were just on this little section. And I remember being so drunk, she fell over and took the microphone with her. So I was just there, like no. Oh, <laughs> this is the kind of gig we're doing. But yeah, and then but is that tricky as well? Because if you're, I think for any performer, right, when you're doing something like that, that's a, like a tricky scenario to be in because you you probably thought you because you you're, you're obviously super talented, right? Thanks. And you thought and you just thought, what the hell is this? This is not where I should be. I should be doing more than this. I've right? had worse gigs since joining the industry. I oh god, tell me I love this. What's <laughs> the worst gig you've had? I used to have a really. <laughs> past tense I used to have a really attractive female DJ mm-hmm. who used to come to the PA shows with me um, some would say too attractive she was an ex-FHM model um, and uh, would go around doing those sorts of gigs I remember this one student gig I was actually on a stage this time but there were three guys at the front and they were banging on this on the stage trying to get her attention and go, what's your number? Mm-hmm. So at the end of a song, I had to just bend down and go, she's not going to fuck you, okay? Can I get on with this now? Oh, my God. That was probably one. That's that. Listen, I, I have to worst. do these really embarrassing things called, uh, with, and I, I, don't, I can't sing, I can't dance, I, can't do, I have to do these things called personal appearances. Well, I didn't even have to, I just chose to do them, right? Where you turn up to a nightclub. And Good you, money, right? Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great money. Mm-hmm. And I went to one in Coventry, where I just walked out on stage. They went, there's Jeremy. Ah! And they walked on stage. And a lot of them booed. And everyone in the front row just swore at me <laughs> while I was oh, on so stage. Sorry. And this kid was wearing it. I mean, I was going, stop, <laughs> stop that. And he must have been like 17 years old. And the bouncer took him outside and made him apologize. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, seven-year-old kid apologised to me. Yeah, I know this poor little kid. What, like, what, how is he no, not poor little kid. Just like this, just doing this, just doing this, giving me, funny, giving me the finger. What a nice bouncer to. to I just felt apology. I just felt really embarrassed for myself. If anything, I just felt. <laughs> I did. Did you no accept his apology? Yeah, I said, yeah. You will. You, next time, you'll you'll know better. And he was just like, yeah, of course. I mean, it was the most. But there's things that that's what you have. What is the best kind of gig you've had then? So you've got the worst. What are the best ones? Is it where everyone's just rocking it and with it? Yeah, Reading and Leeds was really good this year. Um, what is what is like that? What is Reading Festival like? Well, it was just a packed out tent. I think there was queues to get in. I've been to Reading Festival. I've never done Running Festival. I, I was going to go there. My friend went there and everyone started like burning the I tents. That was like the first t- 
festival I uh, went to was Reading Festival when I was like 15. No, a very good festival. It was good fun. The, the best festival I've ever been to, I w- the first festival I went to was Tea in the Park up in Scotland. Oh, I remember. Oh, oh no, that was a fucking show. I think I did it with either Wilkinson or Rudimental. And I remember singing on stage and looking across the crowd and seeing this guy in a, in a, in a mankini on his friend's <laughs> shoulders. And as I pointed at him, he just no. got his cock and bollocks out. <laughs> And I was like, uh, <laughs> I couldn't take my eyes off him. Well, he clocked, he clocked He's you. Look, he clocked you looking at him. I was like, Oi! and he was like, Oi! and I was like, oh, uh, shit. Do you think, do you think okay. man- mankinis are making a comeback? No, I think. Yeah, man- this was a few years ago. I think now. mankinis were there probably because of the whole Borat thing. Have you ever worn a mankini? I've never worn a mankini. Haven't you? I don't believe that. But I remember when I was at Tea in the Park. I in s- tea in the Park in Scotland, I remember very well because Oasis were playing. Um, and that was amazing to see Oasis play. But also, my cousin, uh, and this is probably really bad, my cousin got a lollipop, and it was a marijuana lollipop. Sick. Yeah, so sick. And he gave it to me. And I don't think there would be any marijuana in a marijuana. No, I think it was just like flavour. Yeah. Well, he gave it to me. And I still, to this day, th- thought I was the coolest thing. I went back to school and just told all my friends that I had a marijuana lollipop. <laughs> it was pretty freaking epic. Um, but what do you like more? Do you like still dining out on it? Yeah, I'm still dining out. I'm still telling you. But what do you prefer more? Like, do you do you like playing like big spaces, or do you like doing it more intimate and things like that when it comes to your music? Uh, I prefer I prefer big places. I think. What? I mean, I don't mind. I like singing. Mm-hmm. I like singing to people, whether there's fifty people there or mm. hundred fifty thousand people there. Um, I've done. I've, I've I'm on the Pete Tong. Uh, I beat the classics tour, and that we just go round arenas anywhere up from like nine thousand to twenty five thousand. Does Imagine it ever go Pete Tong? Yes, I've had to write the lyrics on my hand a couple of times. Oh really? Mm. Have you ever had any like injuries? Injuries? Yeah. On stage. On stage, yeah. I once tripped over a wire and I had I'd rolled my ankle and in my embarrassment of tripping over the wire, I decided to get my big purple foot out and oh. show the audience. Oh. <laughs> but see, this is, but that's I quite don't know I, why I, I did that. But that, that must, people must relate to you again, Becky, because at least you're just being real on stage, right? A lot yeah, of have a look at my purple foot, you fuckers! Yeah, but that's yeah. what people No, they did, they, yeah, it was, it, it, people liked it. I think I was at some Girl Guides gig. So, (laughs) (laughs) but this is so I always find it, it it must be the most. You go to those girl guides, I go to those girl guides as well. But I also, I played played a rugby match once, uh, and there's about 15,000 people in the stadiums, and it was the most amazing experience to ever have. The fact that you're on stage singing your song in front of like 10 to 25,000 people Mm. that experience must be there's nothing like it, right? No, there's really isn't. I remember listening to an interview with someone. I can't. I, I don't know who he was, but he said the problem is, is that you came on stage and he was in a band for years. I can't remember who it was. But someone super famous, and he said the thing is now back in the day, you know, you would just be on this concert night. You go on stage, you'd be drunk, you'd be whatever. You do this amazing experience, then you come off, and it's like you would continue that. Now mm. I think it's Bon Jovi who said it, and he now comes off and he says, "I go back to my hotel room, watched, and was watching Jeremy Kyle." Like yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Uh, and, and it's really weird because it, it's suddenly like you're on stage in front of... That's isn't it? Yeah, but it's true. You're on stage in front of 80,000 people. But if Bon Jovi sells at the stadium, right, 80,000 people, sells it out, you have this incredible high, and then you come off and it's like, what do you do with that energy? Yeah, and the thing is, you can't really be getting on it every night anyway after shows because it's just not sustainable, especially for singers. How do you have that mentality? Because that's drive right there. That's basically you just going, I know what's going to be healthy and good for me and what's important for me, um, so I'm not going to do that. Mainly because I've been on stage and not being able to hit notes that I know I can hit. And I think that's more depressing mm, than, than yeah. going back to your hotel room and going, right, well, I better go to bed now. It's more depressing standing on stage and not being able to deliver the set that you know you can deliver. Whether and you're there to do, right? Yeah, and whether I do a university gig, whether I, uni- when, whether, whether I do my own shows, whether I do somebody else's, I pride myself on being able to sing... Mm really well you know it's taken me a long time to get to this point in my artist career where I know I can step on stage and sing for an hour and sing really impressively Mm. but if I stand there and I can't sing really impressively it ruins my entire life Mm. that's good that you take pride in your in your talent right because that's what you're doing you're 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 making your job work yeah because most people a lot of you know that you know we've interviewed quite a lot of different performers and I, 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 Are you saying that they don't? No, I think mm. they do, but I explained a lot. But a lot of people don't take as much pride in their performance as you do, right? That's what you're saying. You're saying that, for me, the biggest letdown is if I don't perform to my best ability. And that's yeah, all I care sure. about. For and sure. I, don't think, uh, I don't think a lot of people... The only part, I, I watched the uh, Liam Gallagher documentary. Have you seen this documentary on iTunes? No, but I can imagine he doesn't give a fuck. Well, no, but he, no, but he actually did. Do you know what he oh, did? Really? And maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe he's just doing it. Maybe it's PR. Maybe it's just the, in the documentary. But he was on stage and he couldn't sing properly. He couldn't sing because he'd done so many gigs. And he said, I, I'm sorry, guys, I can't do this. I don't want to do this to you. And so he left the stage. And he left the yeah. stage. And it was like on this big, like, uh, I'd go festival. home and cry. Yeah, but he, he left it. Do you think that's the right thing to do? If you say you're on stage and you can't sing, you've lost your voice totally, and you go and you're trying to and it's not working, do you push on through that or do you give up? I would push on through it. I would push on through it. But. If you push on through, you're at risk of vocal hemorrhage. You're at risk of, um, you know, causing lesions in your vocal cords. Mm -hmm. You're at risk. I mean, I had to cancel a whole tour because... Because your voice is just screwed. I got laryngitis. I couldn't... I had no voice. I was talking like this the whole time and and it was terrible. So... So you have to be careful because it's like an instrument that's in your throat. Yeah. It's all mind work as well. Like the way you control your voice is all through your mind. So if you're thinking of something, if you're worrying about hitting a certain note, you won't hit that note mm. because you've just got it in your head that, oh shit, that this big note's coming up. And then you try and reach for it and it, you've missed it because... Does that happen sometimes? Do you actually have that where you're thinking, here we go, there's the a big time. note coming up and i got to hit this big note? Yeah, I've trained myself out. It's a The way I see it actually is kind of like a form of meditation. You have to have a clear mind on stage. You, mm. you physically mm. can't be thinking of other things, especially, especially things that are like self-conscious to you. So like, oh, I'm not, I didn't sing that very well or oh, this is coming up or that. You know, I'll think a lot about the crowd. So I'll look at those guys and think, oh, 
you're getting fingered in the corner or <laughs> you know what I mean like shit like that that's what I'll have that's what I'll think about but generally I have to keep a very clear that's so funny how your mind goes to those places you're, you're, you're singing and you're performing but you're just thinking what the fuck are they doing yeah over? literally I remember I was in Berlin once I was in Berlin in this in night I went to the Berkheim have you been to the Berkheim I haven't been to Berlin but I've always always wanted oh, to dude, go dude it's insane I went to the Berkheim and there were these I met these two this Swedish couple did you shag in there uh, I didn't shag in there no but I, I looked I you went in that room you said the, the, oh, I went in the I went in the dark room. That was weird. Were you tempted to fuck in there? Well, I mean, I I I, I tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh boy, did oh, I try? Tried. <laughs> yeah, I was naked all the time. Going, anyone want this? And everyone went, no. I went, yes. My penis is not seasonal at the moment. <laughs> it's in hibernation. Yeah, it's in hibernation. Right. Period, uh, and the herpes had flared up. It was. <laughs> <laughs> but but like, you're a lovely guy, so that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I'm a really sweet guy. Um, but I I went to this room, which I've told you this way. It's called the the black room. The pee room. It, oh, I I didn't go in the pee room. I thought you did. No, well, I didn't go. Sorry, in the what's room. the pee room? I kid you not, Becky. Okay, they're, they're, I swear to Is God. It's like a golden shower room. Yes, oh, and there's a there's horrid. a guy. There's oh, I bet it stinks. Okay. So a friend of mine. So we went in this big group. There's about uh, two. I I went before. Hey, listen, I've been a load of times. I'm just super Berlin. Anyway, I went with the friends at New Year, and we went to the Burke Cup, <coughs> and. My friend went into this room. It's called the Yellow Room. And you go in there, and there's a guy who has been in this room, who's notoriously mm. known, who runs around in this room, and he, you basically are allowed to pee on him, and he enjoys it in this room called the Burke. I mean, it's bizarre. And I went into this other room. Did where you pee on him? I didn't go into this room. But I went to this other room where a friend, this, this Swedish couple took me in, and there were like these sort of sheets in there, and you go through, and there's like lockers, and you basically just take your clothes off, put your clothes in the lock, and go into another room, and you just, it's complete darkness, mm. and you just have sex with anything that you come across. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not. Anyway, I don't know where that's right. Anyway. I'm kind of into that idea. I'm not sure whether I would go through with it, but I would definitely like to put myself in that position and see how I would feel. <laughs> just tease people. Hello. Well, no, just be like, do I want to get involved? Do I not? Do, do I just Is this a know. thing for me? Because I'm. But when people go, isn't that Becky Hill? Yeah. <laughs> they just Is it dark? Yeah, isn't that Becky? Hello, I can hear uh, her voice. She's got <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I because I think that's what I have been in situations like that before, isn't it? What in a room where everyone's completely naked? Well, <laughs> God, sex don't. party. Go on, tell I it. went. I went to one. I went to. Wait, hold on. I tell because I've wanted to do this. I've always <laughs> wanted to do it. I've always wanted. Someone invited me to torture gardens once. Oh, I've always wanted to go there, and I, and I, I didn't do it. That's quite intense. I've heard it's really intense because apparently it's all a big party, um, and then it hits about twelve or one, and then chains start coming out and shit <laughs> suddenly, you're, suddenly i'm strapped to a wall and I'm yeah like, no what literally happening? i think that's what happens i've never been to that one um but what do you think it is that intro I, I mean for me i just uh, like because you're basically like a i remember this is how this whole thing came about i was in the burkheim and this swedish couple who tried to take me to the dark room they were like dancing next to me and i was like oh my god they're, they're really nice we started talking to us talking to the guy and after about 10 minutes of talking to him, I suddenly realised they were having sex. <laughs> in, and I was like, oh, well, that's weird. But uh, and, and I, being British, I went, I just still ignored it. <laughs> I guess I felt like it was too awkward to say anything. But I just wouldn't, I would just wouldn't. Is that so your mother? Yeah. No, no, I was just looking at my question of the week. Yeah. Okay, fine. Um, I just would never, I would freak out too much about being in a room I like don't think that. it's, an, it's an, an experience that I would repeat. Oh, no. But it wasn't a traumatic experience. So you've been to one of these parties? I went to an all-female one to find out if I was gay. Did you? Yeah. Really? Isn't that a really intense way to find <laughs> out if you're... Turns out I'm not gay. Yeah. <laughs> 
I learned very fucking quickly. In fact, I found out when I was here. And that's when I found <laughs> out. And I was like, oh, it's too late to back out now, isn't it? But wait, hang on. So, <laughs> Sorry, Alex. My yeah. manager's here. Sorry. But wait, why? But yeah, I went, went to one and just just because I really... I'd, I'd always thought about women in a, in a kind of sexual way, but I didn't know how... And excuse the term, how deep the rabbit hole went. And... Uh, but also, but why? Because you were confused about your sexuality? I still don't know. And I still have, I still have. You know that relates to a lot of people in this world, though. A lot of people. I'm sure. Yeah, it really does. I'm, it's not a thing, you know, I've spoken to my mum about it. I told my mum straight after. Because uh-huh. uh, I tell my mum everything. But um, yeah, it's, it's something that must, sexuality, I feel like, you know, it's not something that I have any sort of, oh, I've got to know. I've really got to know whether am I gay or straight or or any of the others. Yeah, but, at least um, like, but at least you're open about it, man. Like, I mean, I th- can this give is a toss. And I think everybody sleeps with everybody nowadays anyway. Totally. And for totally. me, if I meet a guy, I will probably assume that, you know, he's he may have had some sexual encounters with another guy. Oh, you think that? Well, I just think it's better to assume that they have rather than they haven't. Uh, do you know what to say? Because at least you're the sort of, and I admire it because a lot of people in this world, the problem that they have, right, is in terms of sexuality is that people don't feel that they can be open and honest about it because they're worried about how they're going to be perceived or what people think of them, their friends, their family, whatever it is. And I mm. have friends who, who are gay and they didn't come or out. Or private. Or the, yeah, but not even just private, but it's, it's more of a... Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> they really hide not. it. But they do. They, they hide it because they're yeah. embarrassed about what people think of them. And I have some uh, friends who are gay who didn't come out until they were their late 20s. But it's because different they were so But they were so scared about what their parents and things would think. Well, I'm lucky. A, because I'm female, it's more socially acceptable for women to experiment with their sexuality than it is with men, which is why... You do know, you think that's right? Massively so. But why? Because... Because men have this hyper-masculinity complex where they think you suck a dick once, that makes you gay for life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the, the boundaries of men being able to experiment with their sexuality and not be classed as, 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 gay. as gay or as some sort of homophobic slur. So you think that what happens is that happens, then you're basically put into a category and you can never escape that category. Yeah, whereas women, because women are more fantasised about in terms of their sexual preference, we're made out to be more of a kind of sexual... Oh, yeah, go on, fucking finger her. It's that sort of vibe rather than you don't get men going, oh, yeah, suck his dick. You know, do you know what I mean? But it's so true. I want to go to your party. Yeah, yeah. But men, it's so true. Men feel very uncomfortable with the idea of other men. And I don't know why, but because it's, that's it's been straight men are the most homoerotic people I've ever met in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been around teenage boys, and they've all got their cocks out, and nobody's gone, this is a bit gay, <laughs> apart from me. And I'm like, guys, you're all hard around each other on a bench, why on the road. Wait, wait, how come you're there with what? a bunch of teenage uh, boys who are naked with erections? This, on a bench on the <laughs> this road. was also when I was a teenager. Oh, right, okay. But I was, I watched a, oh, shut up, Becky. No, no, anyway. just, what did you say? Becky, what did you say? <laughs> Remember, just to let you know, Becky, anything that you say, we can edit out, so don't worry uh, Fine, I watched a guy suck his own dick once. It what? was amazing. <laughs> I'm really sorry, Alex. Do you want to go that? somewhere else? He, <laughs> he got himself an erection around everybody else on the street. 
and um, on he was yeah yeah genuinely we were I was about I must have been about fourteen and these boys were about fifteen sixteen and he was like oh I can suck my own dick I was, was like, his name was his name Brennan Reese because Brennan Reese came <laughs> yes. on our podcast and Brennan Reese said that he squeezed himself into his bunk bed and gave himself a blowjob and I, it'd be hilarious maybe I went to school with him <laughs> you went to school with Brennan Reese that would be just genius. wow so this, is what this podcast really does go all places and but people wait, don't exactly I love that but did you not were you were, were you one of these kids who were quite uh, you were sort of quite liberal and 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 free and she didn't really mind like it was my mom and always is my mom i remember when i was 14 i was in the car with my mom and she said to me becky you know i think all women fancy other women and it was at that point that i was like so it's okay if i want to you know, like to, to, to do that, to, to kiss to other girls, or that's so interesting. And my so mom's um, amazing, and when I told her about the sex party, I was like, "Mom, I, I did, I've done something that you're not really gonna like." And she went, "Oh God, I have that phone call with her a lot." And I was <laughs> like, "I uh, went to a t- sex party last night with all with all girls," and I said, "I, I went to find out if I was gay," and she went, "And are you?" <laughs> I went, "No," and she went, "Ah." told you that yeah but that's she, that, fucking that, amazing yeah, reaction but that's the what best an amazing re- reaction exactly, but also but also Becky, amazing for you to be open and honest like that i think that's wicked i think that also you have to remember you know you you, you know this right you have a lot of influence right because your your fans are crazy about you and and for you to be open and honest about these kind of things it really helps certain individuals go you know what it's okay to be this certain way and okay to have these sort of sexual preferences maybe look i don't really know i haven't my fan base is great mm-hmm. and I do but they're not they're not the fan base that are intimidating in terms of like we'll wait outside for fucking 12 hours outside of my show. Oh, it's not but that's that's the teen sort of crazy kind of like Yeah, so I haven't got that and I don't know because I suppose my artist project really I feel like I've been building for 7 years in terms of a fan base it isn't as solid as I suppose other big artists are. So I don't necessarily have that dynamic with my fans where I'm inspirational or I actively tell them, do not do what I do. But, and I, you know, I think it's, I think it's more of a normal thing. If people perceive you as quite normal, it, it, it isn't. I don't know. I, I think it's great. I think just being normal and being all that, I think that's, I just think that's. Maybe. We'll see. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll go, soon find we'll out. We'll soon find out. Hey, Becky, listen, we've got to stop you there for a second because we have uh, a part of our podcast where Francis reads us a question of the week. So, Francis, what's the question of the week? Where do you all find right. these questions? Oh, I have. Uh, he has a library have, of them. Well, no, I mean, some of them are just from my own head. Okay. I can't believe how posh you two are. Don't yeah. your dad do the biscuits? Yeah, so my great grandfather invented the digestive. Oh, it's so cool! Why? Yeah. It's, why didn't? Why? Why, did why haven't I got he was biscuits? A, he was family? a he was a baker, and so he did it. But then, but then everyone still thinks that we have all this thing. But my, we sold it in like the nineties or the eighties. Oh that. shit! So yeah, so actually, in do fact you know I Mr. Kipling? I didn't know Mr. Kipling, oh. but I, well, I used to grow I'd up. I'd love those, to marry like, those Mr. Kipling. Bake cool tarts. I'm all about the angel slices, bro. With the bake cool tart, do you eat the cherry or do you take the cherry? No, off? I'll eat the cherry. What you crazy cat? I just always just take that really? off. Really? Never used to like the. They're cherry. like what kind of cherries? Are, what are they? The I don't um, know, they're like sweet and things. I just have don't you got like your them. question? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what other animals? Engage in oral sex. Dolphins. No. 
Uh, dolphins do. I think that no, you. No, no, no. They got in, in the blowhole. But also, you've got to give me your answer when I, uh, you know, one of the. Oh, okay, fine. Um, sorry, no, sorry, sir. Yeah, no, well, no, no, so, yeah. Fucking way yeah, to do sorry. it. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so no, they have sex for pleasure. That's true. Right. But I'm asking which animal has oral sex. I know animals. this. Come on, Becky, you've got this, man. I reckon um, it's got to be apes. I was going to say monkeys. It's got to be apes. Yours is. I'm going to go apes. Yeah. Like you get something rogue, like a sloth. <laughs> go for like a like a sloth. Sloths yeah, a sloth. Actually, no. I, I know it's not okay. I I think it's bears. Bears. I think bears. <laughs> I actually do. I think it's bears. Okay. I'm gonna go for bears. All right, bears. Oh, I know this question. Um, good thing you hippo. <laughs> oof, that would be greatery, wouldn't it? Um, I'm probably I'm gonna go for I'll I'll go for monkeys then. Monkeys, okay. Well, <laughs> you just yawned. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to take a quick nap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's all right. No, no. Um, all right. Well, we will find out the answer. All right, Becky, you've got to stick around because we've got part two coming.